Welcome to the Raised with Jesus podcast, 10 minutes every day with life with Jesus meets yours. You've got your daily Bible reading today from 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians 1. Paul, called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and our brother Sosthenes, to the church of God in Corinth, those who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus, who are called as saints, along with all in every place who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God for you because of the grace given to you in Christ Jesus. You were enriched in every way, in all your speaking and in all your knowledge, because the testimony about Christ was established in you. As a result, you do not lack any gift as you eagerly wait for the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also keep you strong until the end, so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, who called you into fellowship with his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Brothers, I am making an appeal to you using the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I ask that you all express the same view and not have any divisions among you, but that you be joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For the news I heard about you, my brothers, from members of Chloe's household, is that there are rivalries among you. What I mean is that each of you says, I belong to Peter, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized into the name of Paul? I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that no one can say that I baptized you into my own name. I also baptized the household of Stephanus. Besides them, I don't know whether I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with the wisdom used in speeches, so that the cross of Christ would not be emptied of its power. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. In fact, it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent I will bring to nothing. Where is the wise man? Where is the expert in the Jewish law? Where is the probing thinker of the present age? Has God not shown that the wisdom of this world is foolish? Indeed, since the world through its wisdom did not know God, God in his wisdom decided to save those who believe through the foolishness of the preached message. Yes, Jews ask for signs, Greeks desire wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, which is offensive to Jews and foolishness to Greeks. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. We preach Christ crucified because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For example, consider your call, brothers. Not many of you were wise from a human point of view, not many were powerful, and not many were born with high status. But God chose the foolish things of the world to put to shame those who are wise. God chose the weak things of the world to put to shame the things that are strong. And God chose the lowly things of the world and the despised things and the things that are not to do away with the things that are, so that no one may boast before God. But because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us the wisdom from God, namely our righteousness and sanctification and redemption. God did this so that just as it is written, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. This is the word of our God. 
We'll get into some of the background for 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians um, as we kind of work our way through the book. But suffice to say, 1 Corinthians um, and the entire book of Corinth, the congregation at Corinth, that is in southern Greece. Um, it's a very large, metropolitan, bustling city. It's a very a cultured city, and it is a city where the church has lots of problems. Lots of problems where the people are you know, asserting their own authority, and there are divisions among the people. And basically, if there's a problem, then this church has it. And Paul establishes fairly early on in his introduction, um, verses four through nine, really, that paragraph, he uses the name of Christ Jesus or our Lord Jesus Christ, like it felt like 15 times, but it was only probably like seven or eight because he's reminding them, dear Christian, you're not here on your own, on your own power. You are not here to serve yourself. You are here because Jesus has brought you here. Jesus is doing the work of building you into a church, and Jesus has brought you here so that you may bring glory to him. And that basic idea that that our reason for coming together as a church is to serve one another in love and give glory to God. <laughs> that is the arrow which gets inverted here in Corinth. And we'll see it played out in a number of different ways. And so Paul has to really um, state from the very beginning that we are here for the purpose of giving glory to Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, by the way, he's the Son of God. Oh, by the way, he is our Lord, which means that he is over us and we have come to bow before him. And in that sense, then these divisions really have no place. You know, Paul laid the groundwork to start dismantling the problems one by one. And he, in this first chapter, he gets to that discussion of divisions, divisions within the church, um, following different people and pe different people bragging about who it was that brought them to faith. You know, rather immature, but I understand it. You understand it, that this is this is what happens when churches lose sight of their purpose. This is what happens when Christians forget who it was who has done the work and the reason why they are here. This is what happens. And so Paul, after he, after he really demonstrates in that paragraph, you know, verses four through nine, um, as he reminds them that this Jesus is the reason. He's the reason why we are here, and he is the Lord. Um, then he really gets into the truth that the gospel message is not a message of persuasive words and a message of competition, but it's a message of power. It's a message of foolishness. And that idea is going to come around a few more times, that God hides his greatest gifts underneath apparent foolishness. Like the word of God can be rejected, and that um, that God's greatest work is even done in a way that is not showy, and and it's done in a way where it can be overlooked. And those two ideas together—that we're here to give glory to Jesus, and this Jesus hides His glory under the humble. Those two ideas are going to come around again, and those two ideas even guide our worship today. You can check out um, my sermon, I think it's just two or three episodes back here from this past Sunday, where we talk a little bit about Jesus hiding his glory out of the bread and the wine. If, 
if we were to aim, if we were able to perceive the value that Jesus has distributed to us as he carries out that miracle of his real presence once again, his body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. If we were to see visually the value that Jesus has there in the distribution, then we would not treat it as some light, um, light event. We wouldn't look at it as simply an extension to the worship service, but we would say, wow, Wow, here God distributes the treasures of heaven again. He hides his glory in ways that can be overlooked. He hides his glory in ways that can be rejected because that is the foolishness of the gospel that God isn't delighted in in sharing his glory with human wisdom. God doesn't delight in building a church that is distracted from him. God is delighted as he builds a church according to his word and his will and his way, and as he builds a church where he takes sinful people who in any other organization would rub shoulders and and dissolve into arguments. But here, in his church, he builds a church that will stand forever. He builds Christian hearts that love to follow him, give him glory, and serve one another in love. God bless your day.